Hello, and welcome to the Riverdale Recap Podcast. Today, we'll be talking about the 12th episode of Riverdale Season 3, Bizarro Dale. I'm Kirsten McInnes, and I am joined, as always, by the perfectly adequate Mary Kwiatkowski. Mary, how are you this evening? Well, now I'm just discovering that I'm perfectly adequate, Don't. which is definitely <laughs> definitely not the adjective I wrote into the script for how myself. How dare you? Mary wrote that script. Mary put in perfectly adequate. I was going to say something like the marvelous Mary Kwiatkowski, but she wrote perfectly adequate. And who am I to mess with her script. Yeah, well, you know what? You could have you could have ad-libbed something. Um, it was fine. Was in your, the ball was in your court for that. No, I'm. you're the genius. You're the one who writes. You tried to a- introduce me with no adjective last week. <laughs> so I can't believe you're throwing me under the bus. Yeah, well, it's just, you know, it's a bizarro Dale episode of Riverdale, and it's a bizarro cast episode of this podcast. So, you know, starting <laughs> off with you talking and... I'm already and me trying to respond. Man, it's hard being the one who doesn't get a script. Yeah, you have to just think of something off the top of your dome. So hopefully you can, you know, respect me more in the future. I'll, I'll definitely consider it. Uh, so yeah, everybody, this episode was, I, I have mixed feelings. On the one hand, yay, plot lines of all the people that we haven't seen for a long time and we actually care about. On the other hand, they very clearly just built in an episode to wrap up all these plot lines and bring in all these people. Like, there was, I think, one sentence said by Betty in this entire episode, not complaining. Uh, I feel like we had too much Archie and there was still probably only two or three scenes with him but well, any archie know. is too much archie let like let's yeah. be real here um this episode was bizarre i like truly it was titled correctly in every sense every sense of the word and uh I don't think I liked it, but it was crazy, so at least it wasn't boring. Yeah, I just, I liked the people, but I feel like it was a little bit shoehorned of just like, oh, who have we not seen for a while? You know, Cheryl and Tony and Moose and Josie and Kevin, let's just throw them all into one episode and wrap them up. It's like, that's not the same thing as having them be characters in a whole season. It's just, ugh whatever. Yes, it felt very much like, okay, what are the plot lines that we have been neglecting? Okay, go. How can we tie up the ones that we have not been neglecting as quickly as possible? Like, aren't there like eight more episodes in the season? Why do they have to tie everything up so quickly? I don't know because, I mean, I I don't know because I feel like we will probably see some more Josie just now that she's attached with Archie, but like, I am not feeling very confident in how much Kevin we're going to get in the next couple episodes. I feel like they're like, okay, we showed you some Kevin, so now we can forget about him for a little while. I genuinely, in this episode, there was a moment where I was like, oh my god, they're killing Kevin off in this episode. Kevin is going to die, and I'm going to have to sit here and podcast about the rest of this show. Like, I still care. Are you kidding me? I was so mad. And then I was talking to Bryce, who listens to us. Love you, Bryce. And he was like, why can't Riverdale just let the gays be happy? And you know what? He's right. What the flattest? They didn't kill off Kevin, but they basically killed off Moose. So I'm not happy about that. They killed Kevin's happiness. Yeah. It's, and I'm and I'm just very upset about the whole thing. I'm glad they didn't kill Kevin, I guess. But like, we're not going to really see him on the show anyway. So whatever. Okay. 
here's a random thing, but you know how like if you say TikTok, 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 and then you try to swap it and say talk, TikTok, TikTok, tick, and it like it never feels right, even if you say it for a long enough time. That's how I feel right now. Having not started this podcast, I still feel wrong. I still feel do off. You, do you want to do your introduction right now? Do you want to start um, again? Do we want to no, make up okay. for the episode where we didn't introduce ourselves by introducing ourselves twice here? Uh, no, I think I'm okay, but I think I'll try to try to recover from this. Well, we never have to do it again. <laughs> Okay, it was your idea, though. <laughs> we did it once. That's that's enough. We try. Um, it's like that one time when I put the uh, the Gargoyle King chant thingy in the beginning of the episode, and I just never did that ever again. I mean, we were never going to do that for every episode. <laughs> oh, so good. Man, I forgot about that. Um, good <laughs> you times. You brought it up. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but so speaking of Bizarro Dale, I did try to look up and see if there was a book or a movie or anything called Bizarro Dale. I couldn't find anything. Um, however, what this did make me think of, and I might not be the only one, there was an episode of Smallville called Bizarro that was a, a little more aptly named because it was about like the um, doppelganger version of Clark Kent. So season seven, episode one of Smallville, classic other CW show. I guess that's the closest I can find to another well, title that's similar to this. I googled, and there is a comic book supervillain named Bizarro, um, and he is from like the Superman. Yeah, so universe. that's probably so it's something what that was from. Oh, from Superman, I guess, or it could also be a reference to something within another detective fiction book or movie that we just uh, haven't seen. And sorry, guys. Yeah, look, let me just tell you: if I Google it, and the first like five entries are just the episode of. Riverdale, then I assume there's nothing more famous <laughs> with that name. Yeah, when um, Riverdale season three, episode 12 has the most famous usage of the name, first of all, we've got a big problem. And second of all, I don't think we need to Google any further. Yeah, agreed. Anyway, getting into this episode, Jughead, he had a voiceover, which, you know, I will say good on him for having a voiceover because, you know, that was probably one of the three times he spoke during this episode. So at least we, at least we've got that. Riverdale is like Bizarro Town, where murder mystery and candy drugs aren't the exception they're the norm you forget sometimes that people are still just living their lives doing things as ordinary as getting married which definitely made me think of in harry potter when they're like oh people are dying and there's a war but yay we have a wedding kind of kind of similar feel to that well and it's also similar in the way that i don't think we've really seen uh mayor mccoy and sheriff keller's relationship blossom that much we've just kind of been told it's always been a thing we don't really know it or see it and just like in harry potter when bill and fleur are not really people we know that much about and all of a sudden it's like boom they're together they're gonna get married yeah definitely it is similar to that and you know i kind of wonder like are they gonna do the same thing with fp and alice of just at some point be like hey they're gonna get married yeah we've just been accepting the fact that they're together okay i no, i think that there's going to be like a much bigger storyline with them uh we okay sorry we never tell anyone the big news in the Riverdale universe they always just tell us but I guess we should say for the podcast first of all uh, Riverdale has been renewed for season four which is very exciting uh, which uh, we haven't talked about it but obviously we're coming back for season four Uh, and then there's also going to be a spinoff show uh, in New York um, and I'm pretty sure Josie's gonna be on it yeah I I definitely think that this episode was kind of leading up to that like there are a lot of hints of getting you ready 
for that show on this episode. Yes. And then the last thing is Chad Michael Murray is going to be Edward <laughs> ever never. So I think that we're going to see like a bit of a love triangle situation with um, Alice and Edgar and FP and like who where will she go? Will true love prevail? Will the cult slash farm prevail? Um, so I think that we will take that relationship a little bit less for granted. And that's why. So I just took a long road to get to my point. But yeah, well, that that and the fact that like Gladys is back in town. I think those are both hinting at hopefully having some kind of FP Alice situation happening. Okay. And I didn't realize it before, but Penny does not look dissimilar to Alice. Like, oh, her- Penny. Wait, Penny? Who yeah. are you talking about? Who is not who? What's her name? Gladys. Gladys. Wait. Why am I saying Penny? Oh, because I was thinking about <laughs> Kate. Stop. I was thinking about when Gladys was like Penny Slot. And so then I just like named her Penny. Um, <laughs> I sorry, guys. I'm a little bit stupid. Um, no, Gladys and Alice look a little bit alike, except for just with dark hair. Yeah. And uh, I'm about it. Yeah. So hopefully we do get some more exploration oh my of God. that relationship. Maybe Alice will get like a Betty wig and we'll be able to <laughs> pretend to be Gladys. Uh, uh, you know, I would not be surprised. We can't put so. anything past this show. I don't know why mm. you have to look so unimpressed with me. We don't need more wigs in this show. We need more high-quality wigs for sure. (laughs) Well, okay, there there is that. Uh, Yeah, I guess we could go and have a whole podcast about ranking all the wigs in Riverdale. There's only Um, been two so far, right? Well, I don't don't remember. I mean, there's there's Clifford Blossom's wigs. He had a bunch. Oh, I forgot about that. Well, that's an off-season podcast. (laughs) And Veronica's really great wigs. No, Veronica's was the worst wig. By far. And Betty's is actually the best. Oh, that's no. That is not good. And it's, it's not, not good. good. <laughs> it's not good, but hers is the best one. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, this, depending on how many seasons of Riverdale we get, maybe by the end we can have a nice wig ranking. Well, I think what we need to do is we need to find some someone like a, the Mike Bloom, but of Kowski cast, who will be willing to come in and have ranked all of these wigs in advance for us. Yeah, I definitely think so. We'll get right on that. Um, If anyone would like to be to volunteer to be the Mike Bloom of Kowski cast, feel free. Yeah, hit us up. <laughs> All right, let's dive into the episode and go through. We've got, you know, a couple plot lines here, and the shortest one and the probably the easiest to talk about is going to be the Veronica, Reggie, Hermione plot line getting the money for the drug buyer. All right, so Hermione starts off the episode telling Veronica and Reggie, like, hey, by the way, you're gonna have to pay for all those drugs you burned, which, like, Veronica, just turn your mom in. She's selling, this is not Veronica's problem. Like, I understand that she burned some drugs, but it's Hermione's problem for not correctly communicating that she had already sold them. And also, like, I, I don't know. This is the, it's not, I just feel like this is not Veronica's problem, actually. Well, I think that it kind of became her problem last episode. I think prior to last episode, you could be like, yeah, the criminal activity of her family is not her problem. She's separate from it, whatever. But after last episode, where she's like going in, getting the, um, the under juice or whatever it's called when she's collecting all that she's kind of brought herself into the fold of the crime family and at that point you burn that drugs 
it's a little bit on you. And so I think it should be more collaborative where she will work with Hermione to figure it out. But I, I think it's a little bit her problem. I, yeah, but I just feel like it's also Hermione's problem. Like if someone yes. comes up to them and says, oh, like Hermione, you know, why don't you have the money? Hermione can't just be like, oh, well, my daughter burned them. So like, I'm fine. Yeah, so go get my daughter instead. Like yeah, what kind of parent is like, yeah, you know what? You can deal with this now. Like who? I don't understand. Are we supposed to like Hermione or not like Hermione? because we're getting such mixed signals at almost all times. Uh, the eternal debate of Riverdale of who on earth is Hermione. Yeah, so there's that. And then also Hermione's like, yeah, well, you know, I'm selling to someone who's dangerously unhinged, so you should worry, like, you should be careful. Why did you, why are you selling to someone who has a reputation for being dangerously unhinged? Well, you I don't mean, do that. That's how crime works. I think once you get in the big leagues of crime, it's like, yeah, that guy just murders people, but it's cool, we'll do business with him also it's like okay so you're dealing with someone who's dangerously unhinged and you're gonna send your daughter to be the one who deals with it yeah there's that and also like i just don't think i I mean i don't know once we find out that the the seller the buyer is gladys i i didn't i guess i didn't realize that hermione had any relationship with gladys i kind of assumed that gladys was like hiding out in toledo and people didn't know who she was or where she was it also just really looking back at like season one doesn't really make sense that gladys has this reputation because it kind of seems like oh she's leaving the south side because she wants to get away from all of the drugs and the crime and all of that and like is gonna go live a normal life but like turns out no she's the same thing if not worse but well, just in Toledo yeah it gave us the impression that she left because she didn't approve of FP's involvement with the serpents but now I'm like oh did she leave because she wanted to be in charge of them like yeah what? I think this is definitely some revisionist history here happening with the show where they're I don't know they're going in a different direction either way Veronica and Reggie are stressing out over how to get the money that they need and they at this point I was like oh I bet the buyer is is Hiram or someone and it's like not actually the money's just gonna stay in the family and this is a big plot no didn't happen but this is me okay. trying to guess real time I just admire that you even try because I don't even try to guess anymore because I know it's not going to be something rational and I'm just I'm letting the surprises hit me as they come well it's because every surprise is summed up within the episode like th- this could have been a multi-episode long plot line of trying to figure out who the buyer is but instead we find out halfway through the episode so I have to make these these uh you know predictions just in case it doesn't get answered and then it can be like a prediction for next time but it always gets answered and then they're wrong yeah but yeah Reggie is like oh oh, we'll just get the money for my dad's store or like car dealership when uh, Veronica said that they only have like a quarter of the money when she combines everything she has from the speakeasy and pops which again just seems like bad management they should have more money than that but like no way does Reggie's dad keep on hand in a safe cash that is three times the amount that is in Pops and the Speakeasy combined? Yeah, like what car dealership is dealing in cash? A sketchy one. Like it's not it's not good. But anyway, so Reggie's like, yeah, we'll get it from there. Um, the, the, It will be fine. Like my dad doesn't deserve this money anyways because he beats me up. Um, And Veronica's like, yes, okay, we will do this and I'm going with you because we are in this together. And Reggie's like, cool, you can drive my car like you can be my 
my baby driver, but do not scratch my car. I'm like, Kate, don't drive your own car when you're going to go rob someone. Like, <laughs> like, first of all, just don't do that. That's dumb. Second of all, um, he's like, yeah, so there's only security during the di- the night after it's closed. And over the lunch period, my dad will be at Pops trying to schmooze a client. And I'm like, OK, how many people are buying cars in Riverdale? Genuinely, like what's what is the population? I need like a I don't know. I want the census from Riverdale. Um, But so why? there? So there's no one there over the lunch break. Is the safe not locked? If the safe is locked, why does he need a security man at night? I've why got did questions. Why did dad tell him the safe combination? Yeah, it just, mm, okay, makes sense. So then it just like immediately cuts to they're doing it. Robbery's happening. Reggie is running up the road. Uh, he gets shot. He's got the money in a duffel bag. Now, we can argue who shot him. I don't know. Did they explain it in the episode? Because I think it's just there happened to be security and he just didn't know. Okay, well, he so. got shot and can't go to the hospital because he's a robber. So then they go to open up the bag. And I'm like, I'm sorry, you're telling me that the money was already kept in a a duffel bag in the safe <laughs> like um excuse me I don't think that's how that works and then it's got dye in it so that explodes onto Reggie and all all of the money yeah so I thought it was a uh, that was pretty good just because like this terrible plan deserved to have a terrible ending oh yeah uh, no if they had the just succeeded like I would have been so mad if they just were like cool we got the money and it's pretty much enough yep yeah yeah pretty much um also how do you feel about the fact that their ship name is veggie this is the first time hearing of this <laughs> yeah i found it out on um, there was a commercial where uh where madeleine pesh and um the actress who plays tony were talking about all the ship names and they mentioned veggie you know what if i have to pick one ship name to not hate veggie's gonna be it um, um but i still I think hate it's, it's, it uh but if i had to pick one not to hate it be that one <sighs> why does everything need a ship name i don't know but we're definitely gonna have another off-season podcast ranking all the ship names and, and i will not be happen. on it <laughs> Um, well, our Mike Bloom of Kowski Cast will be on it. No, I'll be there too. Let's be real. You think I'm missing a Kowski Cast? Um, do we think Mike Bloom listens or watches Riverdale? Could we just get Mike Bloom? Um, I think Mike Bloom's gonna be busy with his baby, but oh, that's a good point. Maybe I don't know. I maybe Angela Bloom watches Riverdale. <laughs> I'll I'll send her, her a message. Um, what's our ship name, Mary? Are we Merston or Carrie? Oh gosh. Well, Merston sounds so much worse, so it's probably that. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> or we could be like I don't know maybe our Macowski. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I kind of like Marston. Of course you do. Or Marston. Marston. Yeah. Yeah, that Marston works. Yeah. Again, Carrie makes more sense, so I just think we can't do that. Um, it's too bad that ours doesn't sound like a male body part. Oh well. Yeah. Oh no. It's too guess bad. There, well, there's nothing we could do about that. If the listeners want to give us a ship name, just let us know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if if FP and Alice are Phallus, is FP and Gladys Fally? Flattis? Flattis? <laughs> it's almost flaccid. Almost. And then, oh, that makes sense. Okay, like, why we ship him with Alice so much more? Because they have Phallus rather than flaccid. I'm good with it. I'm good with it. Anyway, uh, so Veronica and Reggie are going to go give the drop off. And yeah, that's when we find out that it's Gladys. I will admit that because we haven't seen her for so long, I had to Google. I'm like, who is this person again? I know I'm supposed to recognize them, but it's I, not a big moment because I don't know who it is. I was like, hmm. Who's who's this dark-haired Alice? 
this. Um, and then she goes, uh, teenagers again. And I was like, I have never related to anybody more because she's like a big deal like crime boss, apparently. She's like, uh, more teenagers. But then it's also like, doesn't she almost exclusively employ teenagers that are yeah, who is the guy with shop? her? Are we supposed to know who this kid is? No, with I her? think he, uh, I don't know. He's just some kid. He's probably okay. going to come in and cause some chaos in like the Scooby Gang's relationships. I don't know. <laughs> Yay. We think he might come in and try to steal Betty away from Jughead. Oh my That'd God. Be pretty good. I swear to God, if anybody tries to steal Betty away from Jughead, I will come for them. Yeah, but I also feel like I want I want some spice in their relationship. We haven't had anything for a while, so I don't I'm know. sorry. They were making out hot and heavy in this episode. Oh, oh, we'll get to that. Trust me. I have a whole bullet point on that. <laughs> of course you do. And I cannot wait to talk about it. My favorite part of the whole episode. So yeah, so they show up. They have their duffel bag. You can see Reggie's face still has the ink on it that they've like tried to wash off, but he couldn't fully get rid of it. And I'm like, boy, if the police find you with all of that ink, you're going to be in trouble. Like you need to get some rubbing alcohol. You need to get like, you need to fully clean up. What are you doing? Cover it with some foundation or something. And then the money is like, we get the first glimpse of what the ink did to it. And it is fully just destroyed. And Gladys is like, I have to launder this in every sense of the word. And it's like, you didn't have to explain the joke. We get it. We get it, Gladys. (laughs) I do love how Gladys is just shading Hermione. She's like, wow. She gets her daughter involved in this. Like, at least I just have this random kid with me. I don't have my own daughter. Also, Gladys, like, immediately tells them, oh, yeah, you might know my kid, Jughead. And then she says, oh, yeah, don't tell Jughead that I'm here or about this whole thing. Like, then why did you tell them that you're Jughead's mom? You didn't need to do that. They didn't know who you were. Well, and she's supposed to be this, like, unhinged crime boss. And she's like, I really admire that you came, even though you're short. Veronica's like, please don't hit our kneecaps. And it's like, Veronica, you have way more serious things to be worried about than your kneecaps. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oh, well. There's so much. Yeah. But But she takes the money anyways. Yeah. We don't know how short they are, but I guess they still have some that they need together. So more for that next time, probably. Oh, boy. Um, And then, yeah, basically the only other thing is that that, uh, they tell, they end up telling Hermione that Gladys shows up and uh, and that Hermione did not expect her to come all this way. And, And Gladys and JB are clearly up to something. They're plotting things. They they move back in, I think, in the trailer. And, and JB's all, you know, making her dad feel comfortable. And I do like to see that JB is going to be probably somewhat of a character at this point. Kind of excited for that. But I just can't help feeling bad for poor Jughead, who just thinks that his mom and his sister are back and are going to have a nice little family time. Well, I can't help but feel bad for Jughead and FP. Because FP's like, my daughter is back and she's being nice to me this time. And then at yeah. the end, um, Jelly Bean's like, Mom, I did it. I've got dead wrapped around my finger. And uh, Gladys is like, perfect. And he's the law. So that's great. Hermione's the mayor and she owes us. We run this town. And why does everybody want Riverdale so bad? Why <laughs> is this the town that they want? Like, um, Hiram is obsessed with like running and owning Riverdale. And it at least made sense back in season one when he's like, this is the perfect place for a for-profit Supermax prison. We will make a lot of money, whatever. That makes sense to me. Why? Why does Gladys 
us want this town? What is so great about Riverdale? I do not understand. I don't know. I'm just ready for Gladys to secretly be the Gargoyle King. Well, don't you know, anyone can be the Gargoyle King if they (laughs) just believe. I'm so over the stupid Gargoyle King. Yeah, I'm over it. All right. So I'm also over Veggie. So let's move on to Choni. Sound good? I'm sorry. Is that their couple name? Yes, it is. Par for the course. (laughs) It's so bad. Um... Yeah. Uh, anyways. I mean, I don't think tone, tonal is Oh, that's either. not better. Uh, and it's fine. We don't have to talk about it. So okay. it starts and they are in Cheryl's bed with like the those red satin sheets, which like I want to live in that bed, I think, because it looks so like over the top extravagant and like I could blanket burrito there for a good long while. And Cheryl's going on about like, oh, this is so much better than being in Tent City, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, since when were you living in density haven't they been living in the mansion for like a while now you would think i don't know like, I, why would you just choose like hanging out tent there? city when you have a mansion i don't know i don't know um so stupid but tony misses being a serpent she misses her family there and uh, like i think the whole episode is kind of sh- subtly trying to like shade cheryl because cheryl was the reason that they're not serpents anymore except like they both were stealing stuff so i don't know i I'm not going to put the full blame on Cheryl. I think Tony needs to admit a little bit of responsibility for this as well. But uh, subplot, they uh, have their SAT scores and they're super concerned about college and all now, of a sudden. when you got your SAT score, did you get a push notification to your cell phone when it was ready? Because again, <laughs> no, we don't you have to log into that freaking website and you have to scroll down. I mean, they probably do it this way now, but like we didn't, you didn't get an email. It was really complicated and annoying how you had to go figure out your scores. You don't even get it in the mail? No, it's not fun anymore. I didn't get, like, college acceptance in the mail either. Oh, my God. Okay, my online. college acceptance came in the mail, and it came in this envelope that was, like, the biggest envelope you've ever seen. It was, like, this pure black envelope with this red band around the middle that said, caution, contents contains your future. And it was, like, the cutest thing ever. Uh, and turns out it is my future because I freaking work there now, so... <laughs> they were right. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Yeah, they missed the point where they were saying it's not just for college. You're going to be trapped here forever. Yeah, this is where um, you are until you die. <laughs> and you'll never pay your student loans off. So Cheryl, she wants to go to High Smith College because apparently that's where everyone else has gone. Um, Cheryl and Tony both get good SAT scores, so yay. And High Smith College, though, is like no to Cheryl. They just, they, yeah. they say someone on the board thinks that they need to diversify outside of the alumni pool which is fine but like Cheryl still seems to be a good candidate I I feel like if they're going to add some diversity Um, like couldn't they also still just keep Cheryl I don't know Cheryl's like I have a 4.2 GPA I do the river vixens I'm student council president blah 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 I'm a great candidate for this college I'm like isn't the whole point aren't we supposed to believe Cheryl's like a little bit dumb isn't that like a recurring theme of the show? And then I don't know. Because like if she's so perfect at everything, like it doesn't. I thought the whole point was that she yeah, wasn't like perfect, it, and that's why her parents don't love it's her. It's like it's like cherry on top. She is a legacy, and they're like, oh yeah, well we want to have some people who aren't legacy. Like, well that's fine. Get rid of the dumb legacy people. Keep Cheryl. Like she should get in even if she wasn't a legacy. Yes, but what it turns out is that Cheryl's mom is the person on the board who does not want Cheryl there because Cheryl's a lesbian. Yeah, because she's back to this we're again. Back Back to Cheryl's parents do not accept her for who she is, which I guess we should have known this was still a thing because, I mean, she broke out of the conversion therapy, but, like, I feel like we're past this. 
Yeah, well, also, like, Cheryl is really right here with saying, like, yeah, I'm I'm a lesbian, that's fine, but you are even more, like, messed up because you're a twice-widowed dominatrix with a proclivity for poison and you've murdered people. Like, it's definitely more messed up, but also twice-widowed? I'm very confused. Was she married to Claudius? Is that what we're supposed to be assuming here? I'm, I'm very confused or why she was twice-widowed. Are we talking about her being a prison widow for Hal? Oh, maybe. Like, what is... I have no clue. I'm so... I'm very, very confused of why all of a sudden she is twice widowed. But okay, moving on. Yeah, good to know. Um, Yeah, I don't know. So Cheryl and Tony are like, we're going to have some blackmail. And they take some pictures of people, but Penelope catch them. And she's like, blackmail is more illegal than anything I'm doing on on at the Maple Club. So I guess, like, I guess that's confirmation. The Maple Club is just a sex club. It's not a brothel at all, which, okay. Well, or in Riverdale, um, prostitution is decriminalized. Either way. We don't know. Don't care. But, like, if you have this, I still don't get If she has the sex club, why does she need a brothel? Because she wants to get paid to have sex. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't seem like, I don't know. I I didn't get the vibe from last episode that she was, like, is she participating in the sex club or is she just running it? I think she's just running it because. Uh, she's old and crusty. Okay. But I don't know. Some people are into that. Some people are. So, you know, eh. hit me up for book recommendations. Whoa. Excuse me. Anyway. Um, um, so then Cheryl's back in this interview at Highsmith College. And I don't understand how she's granted two private interviews with this headmistress. Also, what kind of post-secondary institution has a headmistress? Wouldn't they have like a dean or like a president? Whatever. Anyways, it doesn't matter. But yeah, she already had the interview. She doesn't need to have another one. Why does she get us? Like, why is she like if they don't do that many one-on-one spots? Why does she get a second one, first of all? And second of all, she's like, so yeah, I know you want to diversify. So here's another person that you can interview. And it's like, I don't think this is how it works. No, but but whatever. whatever. Tony looked good in her outfit that she was all dressed up in. Oh, Tony so. with a tie. I really like when Tony wears a tie. I don't know why. Yeah. It like, I think it reminds me of when I was in high school and sometimes I would wear a tie. So yeah. Wow. Were you a big Avril Lavigne stan? No, I wasn't a big Avril Lavigne stan. I just was a weirdo and had a very weird sense of fashion. We're very lucky to know me now rather than to know me then. I was like, yes, I will wear uh, neon colored tights with a sweater dress and leg warmers. And it was a lot. Anyways, it's fine. So you were Xenon? I mean, sometimes I was Xenon. Sometimes I I wore a lot of like mini skirts and vests too. And I don't know. It was like a whole mid-2000s look and i'm very if this podcast was more popular i would love for have to have someone draw some fan art of you dressed like that <laughs> i'm here's the thing we don't need it it doesn't need to happen and i wish i could forget it had happened and fortunately um there's not a lot of photo evidence of it thank god <laughs> oh well i'm sad about that um but yeah so cheryl apologizes to moose um which is another thing that happens because Cheryl's been mean to Moose this whole episode. I do love the fact that Cheryl does call out the bang bunker and she's like, yeah, a bunch of people have had sex in there, so. You'll need some clean sheets because a bunch of people have had sex in there, including me and Tony. Yeah, which at this point, it's like, this place is not secret. It is not a secret bunker at all. Everyone in town knows where this bunker is. And uh, yeah. Oh, the other thing too, um, that Bryce had brought up that I meant to ask to you because you pay better attention than me. Um, Tallboy's body's not in there anymore, right? Yeah. They got rid of it? Um, or is it just under the bed stinking the place up? I think that they set up Tallboy's body 
in the hospital oh, to make right. it seem like they he made was it the seem who... like he got shot by the police yeah. never oh, thank god i was like i'm pretty sure it's gone but maybe not yeah it so probably still doesn't smell good in the bunker though like even though the body is gone it certainly does not look like they have cleaned it to the extent you would need to after a dead body's been in there there is certainly like some fluids for sure bodies decompose it's probably oh, hot in the bunker let's let's move away from that topic <laughs> um but yeah so cheryl then in order to apologize to Tony for also just not being great to her. So she gives her a new gang. They're still no starting a girl gang. And yeah, I don't am know where all, all these girls came from. Who are, are they just the vixens? I don't know. Like, are there river vixens in a gang now? Yeah, I don't know. And they all have these, like, 1940s, like, pinup hairstyle, which I'm loving, but, like, okay. And they all already have, like, just, like some have jean jackets or leather jackets. They look really cool. I think I would love any of their fashion sense. Um, not loving the name the pretty poisons pretty uh, by day poison by night yeah okay first off poison that's like what penelope does so i don't know why they're all for that now also it's the the pretty the pretty poison bleh. i i i don't have anything better off the top of my head but i just i don't love that I, well i was hoping it would be something like the crimson vipers or something like a, yes that's better like something that would be like opposing the Southside serpents the but like would incorporate vipers. the color red with uh, yeah, the whole cheryl thing but i just i don't we can just you can just start a gang. It ne- it has never occurred to me in my life. Hey, you can just start a gang. So I would like to propose we start a gang. I mean, I started multiple clubs in high school. None of them were gangs. We didn't have jackets. We did have t-shirts. So well, can we get t-shirts with the the what's the front pocket called that you told me about? a frocket? A frocket. Can we get t-shirts with frocket? Okay. What do you want it to say? It's I'm, not going to say the pretty poison. No, because it's going to be our gang. So we need to come up with a name for our gang and then we can get the t-shirts with frockets and we can wear them. The, when the we Marstons? <laughs> the perfectly adequate Marstons. You know what? I th- We need to aim higher than this. We're going to need some help. Um... <laughs> Okay. Um, I just right. want a well, shirt with a frog. We'll on it. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll make sure to get you one of those. Um, <laughs> uh, all right. So shall we talk about Kevin and Josie, the, the meat of this episode? Uh, you know what? It is about that time. So they are having a family meeting at Pops, which is apparently what they always do. So they're back to the scene where Keller and McCoy were like, yo, we're dating now, which I totally forgot happened until this episode. Um, And they're like, we're getting married and we do not want a big celebration. We don't want anything. And Josie's like, yo, but can we plan a reception at Le Bon Nuit? And I'm like... The parents shouldn't know about the speakeasy. Don't you mean the speakeasy? The oh right, the speakeasy. What's a speakeasy? I don't know. Um, yeah. It, look, I this whole was it was a big waste. It was just like the, the people need to find dates for the wedding after party. So, they were okay. just trying to create a conflict that would require Kevin and Moose to like have the discussion about Moose um coming out, and then yeah. to create the conflict of like the Josie Archie stuff so obviously Kevin wants Moose to go to it with him he's like I know it's public but like don't you think it's time you came out and I am sorry but this is not okay like you cannot just set forward the idea that there's like an appropriate time or place or age or situation where someone has to come out that is up to them to decide when it feels right for them and it's not anybody's place to do that and so this episode made me very uncomfy for that reason because it felt like it was like, yeah, Moose has to come out now. Now is the time. No, Moose doesn't have to come out 
ever if he doesn't want to. It is up to him. And I was so uncomfortable. Yeah, I I agree. I was <laughs> extremely confused by this episode and what the message was. And we'll get to that with the Cheryl stuff, which makes it so much worse. But I do feel bad for Kevin for having Moose because Moose like essentially was chasing Kevin for the first two seasons. And Kevin's like, you know, Moose, maybe you want to stick with your girlfriend or whatever, which also was not a great thing to tell him. But like, you know, you feel bad that Kevin is very out and is very like wants to be with Moose but can't publicly and that can that can kind of suck um so yeah I, I neither of them were in great situations but I definitely think the right thing would have been like hey like let come make moose feel safe in whichever decision he wants to make would have been the um, way to go yeah it's uh it, it would have been nicer to have that message and I think that I don't know it just you I don't it just was such a, it's another situation of Riverdale taking like something that needs to be handled with a little bit of care and they have probably the right idea of like how a situation should be handled but they just don't execute it well um and it i was very uncomfortable yeah i agree Uh, also in my notes here when moose and his dad walk by the table at pops um and uh mrs mccoy is like oh yeah we they have beef because marcus used to be in love with me i wrote in my notes yo i bet the plot twist is that he actually had a crush on keller so i anyway um, didn't call that i didn't even catch that at the beginning to have a call about it but good job is that i'm very proud of you yeah yeah um also why does everyone have to make out in the band room like they should know by now that people are going to catch you and see you through that window maybe don't make out in the band room well and when like the entire like rrotc bus in and uh they're like i knew they were in here i'm like is this really where we're going with like this is really where we're going with this episode are you kidding me also one dude was definitely looking at them like haha i know you guys expose you and then that just went nowhere so okay he was 100 percent like trying to expose that and i'm just like what is wrong with people can't just stop i've had enough immediately after that we have a scene with josie who goes to ask sweet pea to be her date and uh sweet pea's like yeah look i really like you um but i want to be all in or all out i i'm kind of tired of of this booty call situation uh so i kind of felt bad for sweet pea there too i also don't really know like josie you you you're choosing archie at the end of this episode instead of sweet pea you have your priorities mixed up well yeah and so we haven't seen any scenes with sweet pea and josie since the premiere of this season at the pool party where we kind of get like oh they've had a summer fling and josie is now breaking it off to focus on music and i remember we felt really bad for sweet pea there too and i think that they make a really sweet couple and I would really like to see Josie with Sweet Pea instead and for him to be like oh you're not here to hook up right now like it wouldn't be the first time so like apparently they've just been hooking up behind the scenes this entire time who has the time so are they are they sweetie or are they jopey well sweetie makes too much sense so I guess they're jopey anyways um I just feel bad that I've said so many ship names in this episode so if I ever swear again I'm screwed I know I'm um, setting you up for that so much so I just need to not swear ever again which is really hard for me guys i'm like i swear like a sailor yeah so i really like them and it makes me sad that josie's like no i won't be your girlfriend josie he's so like sweet be so tall and he has such, such a sweet face like come on i i do feel bad for them uh but not as bad as i feel for moose because cheryl and kevin chat although this one scene does have the best part of the episode uh at least in terms of the recap in that we got for the first time in a 
long time. We got a close but no cigar. Are you excited? Wait, what close but no cigar did we get? I missed it. So and Kevin is eating Twizzlers. And, uh, Cheryl's like, stop eating those Swizzlers. <laughs> I completely missed that. Um, Wow. So now it's fine. We're just going to change one letter. It's not Twizzlers. It's Swizzlers. Stop. They look exactly the same. Stop eating okay. those Swizzlers. <laughs> um, really loved that. Also, Cheryl calls out here the name of the Kevin and Moose ship, which we haven't talked about, is Coos, apparently. That's horrible. It's really bad. Coos might be the But worst. I mean, Mevin um, is also not great. No. Movin? They called them <gasps> They Coos could be moving. <laughs> moving. Oh, I'm moving with Kevin and Moose. I like that. All right, let's let's go with moving. That's the new canon um, as Perkowski cast, the one and only Riverdale recap podcast. It's definitely moving, not Coos. I will add that to my list right now. I love that you just keep Uh-oh. a post-it note with what's canon. Moving. What all is on that post-it note right now? Coos. Uh, currently on the post-it note, we have Tent City is behind Fred Andrews' house. (laughs) (laughs) They're in Chicago. It took 16 days to get to Toledo. Leo and Nico are the same person. And the bang bunker. Leo and Nico are not the same person. That is not canon. Yes, well, I'm the one who updates the website and this post-it note, so I win. You can't just put something that we disagree on on the post-it note. Uh, look, I think you don't have to worry because I don't think Leo and Nico are coming back anytime soon. I feel so disrespected. So they're having this chat and then we have another very, very obvious Bumble ad popping in here. Yeah. Yeah, Bumble is uh, paying. I wonder how much they pay. I don't know. We're definitely not going to find out, though. Yeah, I know. And then Cheryl decides to make an announcement for an LGBTQIA alliance. That part's good. But then she's like, oh, yeah, we're doing this to help our closeted uh, RROTC person who's got a boyfriend who likes show tunes. It's like, okay, thanks for, like, really, really, really narrowing it down here for us. Yes. Thank you for outing people. Yep. Not great. Not not in love with the whole situation. Tony's mad, rightly so, and they have a fight, except, like, the fight... It starts off with being like, hey, you can't out someone, and then it kind of morphs into, like, and I'm mad at you because I'm not a serpent anymore, which kind of missed the point. Well, and so what I got from that is, first of all, Cheryl should understand a lot more since when she came out to her family, they literally put her in conversion therapy. Second of all, so what I got from this is that Tony's family also was very not supportive when she came out, and so then the serpents were this accepting organization because when I think of a biker gang, I think of people who are accepting of all kinds of people and so they were her family who accepted her as a lesbian uh so she is now very upset to not be in the serpents because of that and i'm honestly left confused yeah i mean like i see what you're saying but i still just think the end of the fight should have been like yeah and it stinks that i don't have a family anymore but it also stinks that you just outed moose i i don't know i don't feel like that part was not was not driven home yes the Uh, worst part of the situation was certain outing moose yeah Josie talks with Archie and she's like yeah I have an audition at Juilliard uh, and I was gonna ask Sweet Pea for a ride but I can't so I didn't and uh I can't tell my mom because I don't have any backup plans and Archie's like oh it's totally fine I'll give you a ride and her audition I'm 90% sure the set for this audition is at the same place that Archie's jail was I'm like I'm 90% like where the fight club fought or like like the like no like where like that stage when they're like oh Archie like we have a a a room where you can go play music and then that's where they stole his shoes I think that that's like the same 
I don't know. It's like an auditorium, but I kind of reminded me of that. Um, so I think that's possible. Uh, we don't see Josie sing, which kind of stinks, and she doesn't get a call back. And this is like, here's the thing. This stinks, except they're in their junior year. So shouldn't this be happening next? Or are we to assume that Cheryl and Josie, who are spending all their time trying to get into college, that they're actually a year older and they're seniors? It which ex- would make so much more sense. It explains it just a lot. Hasn't been, well, and yeah. I think that maybe when they started the show, they didn't think about it that much. And then as things progress, they're like, wow, makes a lot more sense for these guys to be a little bit older. So let's do that. And so they're just kind of doing it without really telling us. Yeah, I mean, that that would explain, first off, how Cheryl and her brother, like, it makes much more sense that Jason would be dating Polly, mm-hmm. being older. It makes much more sense that Josie could form the Pussycats and that they would be a thing. Um, it for still doesn't make their time. part-time job make sense. No, it doesn't, but it's better. Um, it also makes more sense that Cheryl is class president, even though I will say, like, Archie was the one who won and he was younger, but whatever, you know, just moving past that. I think I think it's possible. <sighs> we might have to go with that for now, but I would not be surprised if we saw them graduate at the end of this season or next season. Good. And then that makes a lot more sense also with the spinoff. So, yes, it, I agree. It makes a lot of sense. I think at the very least, we're going to find out that Josie's a year older. Yes. 150 percent. Yeah. Um, And then so, uh, you know, that happens and Archie volunteers to be Josie's date to the wedding. And so great. Gross. Jarchi. Jarchi. Okay. Joach. You know. It's not a lot better than Varchi, so. Is that what they called that? Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. I'm still amazed that you can somehow podcast about Riverdale and not know what the ship names are. Because I hate them. And so I don't pay attention. I I actually. It's making Bughead look a lot better now, isn't it? No. That's still bad. What about Ethhead? I still like, I think Ethhead's my favorite one because everyone else says Ethelhead, which is way worse. Let's be real here. Anyways, so then we get Moose talks to Kevin and he says, I told my dad, um, let's do this. And so I guess Moose was waiting to have sex with Kevin until he was out, which I guess kind of makes more sense of Kevin trying to push Moose to come out because he's probably horny. But I don't love the fact that we're just ignoring the uh, whole Halloween situation. But okay. Yeah. I truly, what happened on Halloween? What costumes did they wear? The costuming on this show is great. I would like to see them in Halloween costumes. Why can't we just have that? Anyways, well, and also Moose never really agreed to the Halloween thing either, which... Which is why I put it in. Like, this show, the fact that they write these episodes, like, three episodes in advance, it just really ruins the fact that if you watch, if you rewatch this season, it, it's gonna make no sense. <laughs> Watching no it sense. from the first time through, it doesn't make any sense. The show doesn't but make at any least, sense. Like, when we, at least when we get to the mid-season finale, we're like, oh, big things are gonna happen and then it doesn't but if you're just watching those episodes back to back not four weeks later it just makes so much less sense so they decide that they are gonna go bang in the bunker and this is where cheryl's like yeah you're gonna want some fresh sheets yeah yeah um and they they light all the candles um it's cute that moose brings a candle uh that's fun uh good time i'm, I'm sure they had a nice time they had I, sex I love... and then they put their undershirts back on afterwards I, I, to cuddle. I do love their i love their matching boxers and undershirts i have never met uh high school boys who wear like all white boxers and, and undershirts well but they're from the rrotc so it's probably oh, uh true. regulation you know um it's very positive i've never met someone who's like just a second let me 
put back on half my clothes. Yeah, why can't we have shirtless Moose and Kevin? Yeah. What's wrong with that? Like, I understand, yeah, put your boxers on after, but, like, why do they have to put shirts on? I don't know. They're probably, like, the most objectively best-looking guys on this show besides Reggie. Reggie. Excuse me. (laughs) How dare you? I don't know. Whatever. Uh, Somehow they got a pass and they don't have to be submitted to the CW shirtlessness. I don't know. And we suffer for it, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So Josie and Archie talk again. Turns out they didn't have a party after all. They just just had that wedding. So remember all those dates we needed? Pointless. Didn't actually happen. Uh, And then Josie and Archie sing a song. And um, yeah, definitely setting up the spinoff of Josie in New York. But like, it's okay. And uh, they may or may not kiss. We don't really care. I'm over it. Let's move on. Last part of the episode, the Midnight Club. Boom. Woo. Love the Midnight Club. Um, I'm glad again that we have some plots with some characters that we need. I do think this show would overall feel a little more realistic if we had a little bit more of the parents interspersed throughout the children's plot lines and not just like, here's one plot line about all the parents. But at the same time, I am never going to complain about seeing our favorite Riverdale dads hanging out together. Our favorite. I only like two of the Riverdale dads but there's well there's only like three so there's two out of three at least four well we do not count reggie's dad and hiram is a horrible person so (laughs) okay well anyways anytime we get to see fp and sheriff keller i like that yeah and by the way i am never going to stop calling him sheriff keller i also really think that fp if he was a nice guy would like rehire sheriff keller back into the i don't know yeah he could be on the police force for sure he is certainly qualified um and they definitely need more law enforcement with all these criminal elements coming to Riverdale. Also, we didn't get FP wearing his uniform this episode, so kind of sad about that. I hope that the FP as the sheriff plotline just kind of like goes away. <laughs> no, I love FP as the sheriff. And it can't go away now that Gladys is here and she needs to be in charge of the law enforcement. Oh my god, I just, Gladys can go. Get that. I want to fight between Alice and Gladys. Get that Walmart version of Alice Cooper off of my TV screen. This is like the Walmart versus point- Chanel. I think at this point, though, Alice Cooper is kind of the Walmart version of Alice Cooper. Okay, well, I would say she's at least Target. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Bring back season one, Alice Cooper. I just want Alice Cooper to get punched in the face again and it like to like bring her life back i just want her to go like full serpent and she hasn't not since that one time she wore that dress oh my god that dress i want that dress i know we need to talk the amount of double-sided tape it would take to make that dress work though is a lot i don't care i'm all for it yeah. Um, so Kevin and Josie's parents are banging because, you know, everyone does in this episode. Um, it's already looking to be a steamy episode as is, but glad that we're not hiding from the parents as well. Uh, they get a letter, though, from the Gargoyle King telling them to complete their ascension night or else the kids will be hurt. So, okay. And it was like this. We're doing that it again. It was so weird because it just kind of went from, like, okay, cool, this is sexy parent moment to, oh, what is this? And it's like, oh, a letter sealed with wax i feel like the yeah, fact that it was sealed with wax really limits who it could be but like i thought it was gonna be from hiram or something i don't know sierra mccoy opens up the like the tray thingy yeah and it like immediately panics i'm like you haven't like, even read the letter ah, yet. it's it was sealed from. with wax it's dangerous <laughs> this is never gonna be a good this sign is never good although um, my sister's wedding invitations they bought a wax seal for so yeah i also like that uh their their gargoyle names fair sierra and friar thomas which thank 
thank you because I completely forgot Sheriff Keller's first name, hence me calling him Sheriff Keller. I mean, I'm going to call him Sheriff Keller forever, just like I'm going to call Mayor McCoy, Mayor McCoy. I don't care that she's just a lawyer now or Betty Cooper's permanent lawyer, like legal counsel. <laughs> she will always be Mayor McCoy to me. Yeah. And that's um, that. <laughs> But apparently, not just them, all the parents received letters. Penelope is like, oh, well, it's definitely because two of the members of the club are getting married. That's why this is happening, because they can't let us be happy. And I'm like, um, didn't two members of the club already get married in Hiram and Hermione, like, long time ago? Um, so, okay. Haven't, like, these people have had a lot of happy occasions in their life that have happened. They've had children. They've had marriages. They've opened businesses. They've yeah, how can we forget that sex club? Started crime syndicates. Um... Who cares? Whatever. Anyway, so they're all there. And then they're like, okay, well, we've got this uh, cyanide uh, little shot that we can take. And then for a few hours, we will know. It's not a cyanide shot. It's an antidote to cyanide. Yeah. Anyways, it's the antidote to cyanide. It's a little cyanide shot. It's like we take this and cyanide can't kill us for a few hours. And they all take the shot of it. And here's the thing. Which just like to say this, everyone in Riverdale should be taking these shots all day, every day. Okay, but here, cyanide is one of those things where you can take it in in increasingly larger amounts and like build a resistance to it can't you i feel like you i am not i feel like there's like a measured way that you can like get it so that you would no longer die from cyanide and i understand that everyone else probably hasn't been doing this but why the hell has penelope blossom not already like done this so that she is no longer susceptible i just i i don't understand but i do like that they all wait for penelope to take hers before they drink theirs because they're like "Mm, she gonna kill us all she might kill us all yeah yeah uh but they don't so they break into school they take that and then they're looking for the chalices penelope screams because she's the only one not in a partner um and then it says well, she's twice you. widowed okay <laughs> sure. um but yeah so somebody wrote got you on the on the board in in red i don't know blood it, like something like i don't know corn syrup and food coloring i don't know yes yeah, and then there's like, like a big skull there and it's like they all immediately are like oh my god they just wanted to separate us from our children and it's like guys you're not you're hardly helicopter parents as is like it's not that hard to separate you from your kids <laughs> And, okay, with the exception of Josie and Archie, who are just PG practicing music, every single one of their other kids are banging at this moment. (laughs) Every single kid was like, huh, can't find my parents. We get to have sex in a bed that hasn't had a dead body under it. Yes. Yeah, like, like at this point, I mean, Cheryl and Tony, they've been doing this, whatever. But, like, when we saw Reggie and Hermione, I laughed out loud. I mean, Reggie and Veronica. Reggie and Hermione would be shocking. (laughs) When we saw Reggie and Veronica, I laughed out loud. I'm like, oh, haha, they're getting a phone call and they're banging. But then it goes to (laughs) to Bughead and they're banging, too. So, and this is the only scene besides during the voiceover that Betty is even in in this entire episode. But uh, she gets to be shirtless, so And also, I feel like most kids would not answer their phone at that moment. But whatever. Probably not. Anyways. Probably not. And the other thing, sorry, I forgot to mention before, with Moose and Kevin in the bunker, is Kevin's like, or no, it was before that. Uh, Anyways, at some point in this episode, Kevin's like, we've never even gotten to spend a proper night together. You're 16. 16 16-year-olds don't get to spend a proper night together with their significant other. Yeah. Like, no. I mean... (sighs) 
Yeah, you go you go in a car or like a yeah. closet. I don't know. It's like you're very These kids rare are lucky that they have beds. <laughs> yeah, like it's very rare that you're gonna have the opportunity to really like get it on in a bed, let alone your own bed, let alone get to sleep over. Like these parents are absent as is. You did not need to do this gargoyle king stuff to get them away from the kids, you know? Especially because this whole plot seemed to be not about that. It seemed to be only about getting Kevin and Moose caught together. And here's so- the thing. Guess what? Um, Keller and McCoy were on their wedding night. They weren't paying attention to their kids. No one was supervising Kevin anyways. Yeah, it's the, uh, this whole thing is pointless. Also, shouldn't Reggie and Veronica be trying to get more money? Like, why are they wasting their time, like, banging? Oh, my they God. They don't have time to be doing that. Um, I don't care. Reggie looked hot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, Moose and Kevin, sadly, I mean, at least they are in their post-coital bliss, and then they get attacked by the gargoyle gang, uh, who turns out to be, surprise, surprise, the ROTC boys. Um, yes, and, and Mary uh, has a, yeah. a bullet in her notes that says... <laughs> Knew it. <laughs> yes. What I meant by that was I knew it that Moose's dad was going to be the Gargoyle King at this point because I totally knew that this whole thing was because he was secretly in love with Sheriff Keller. Like, th- duh. Obviously. Well, and called that. I just, I really don't like, this is another example of the trope of somebody is homophobic because they are secretly gay. And I know that that is, I guess, sometimes true. I'm Who am I to say? Um, but I don't think that that's like a good message also to be sending. Well, it was kind of that, but it was kind of like he, okay. So he tells this whole story, Mr. Mason, tells this whole story to FP about like, oh, I was in love with Sheriff Keller when I was younger. And so my parents didn't like that. So they sent me to the Sisters of Quiet Mercy because, you know, everyone in Riverdale has been sent there. And they, he was in the gay conversion therapy, but then they sent him to the Gargoyle King and he started playing G&G and the Gargoyle King scared him straight. And so he wanted to do the same thing to Kevin and Moose, or at least Moose. But, like, I thought we've already debated this. I thought that the G&G and the Gargoyle King stuff was just in the uh, insanity ward, not in the gay conversion ward. So, like... Maybe it used to be more widespread. I don't know. Or maybe he was in the gay conversion ward and it wasn't working, so they sent him to, like, the mental health ward and were like, it's fine, we'll scare him with drugs and this gargoyle. Yeah, I don't know. The, The thing that bugs me most about this is that we've had too many kings at this point, too many people who've been the gargoyle king that I just I still don't know like who was the original gargoyle king though the one who came in uh during the midnight club and killed the principal and also who is the like gargoyle king who Hiram was working with from the start the one that seemed to be like having some slight control over Hiram who is that because I don't think that was tall boy and it definitely wasn't Mr. Mason so we still haven't really gotten that answer like I'm hoping we're gonna get to a point where we have like oh this is the gargoyle king but well, this hasn't happened maybe it's Edgar Evernever. It's going to be I really, Scott. I've had Michael Murray. I think it's going to be Chad Michael Murray. I really do think that the farm and the Gargoyle King thing is going to come together at some point. It just has to. And I know I've said a hundred times, I think Edgar Evernever is the Gargoyle King. Boom. Ah, uh, fingers crossed. We'll see. If I'm right possible. about this, I'm going to be the most happy. The whole episode gets wrapped up in kind of a sad way because Moose, you know, tells Kevin that he's going to leave town and he's going to go live with his aunt in Glendale, which I thought was close, but I might be thinking of Greendale, so I don't know. No, Greendale is close. Isn't Glendale in Arizona? I I have no idea. I mean, Greendale is, I'm pretty sure, very close because that's where Sabrina is. I really, really hope this is not the end of the Moose plotline. Like, I really hope he comes back. Uh, I'm kind of concerned about this because, like, we're 
we're just finally getting some Kevin, and I love Moose as a character. So mm-hmm. really not happy with the ending of this episode, but we'll see. Uh, I mean, maybe maybe he'll come back and he'll be like a changed man. I don't know. But I also like totally don't blame him for wanting to leave Riverdale. Like everybody should be leaving Riverdale. Exactly. Every single single person should be leaving Riverdale and nobody should be trying to control it. No. It's terrible. And that's that. Okay. Yeah. Um, so who wins uh, the most normal person of the week? So I actually got a message from Gregory McBean about this because his Gregory McBean's Twitter has been deactivated because no, I was wondering no, why we didn't get any tweets so it's, from him. It's for the it's it's been a while, so it's probably not funny anymore to him. But so Twitter found out that he created his Twitter when he was younger than thirteen. So now no. they think he's still younger than thirteen, even though that was almost ten years ago. <laughs> That makes no sense. he deactivated his account, and he's apparently going to get it back, but he doesn't know when. And I'm like, what? Oh, my gosh. Heartbreaker. Imagine Twitter being like, ah, yes, nine years ago in 2010, you were under 13, and now you're still under... Anyways, so Gregory being sent in, he says, is it possible that in an incredible turn of events that Archie is the most normal person of the episode? And I reject that because Archie is never the most normal. I think Sweet Pea is the most normal. Compared to most other episodes... It's certainly the most normal Archie has been, I think. Right. But yes. I think I think Sweet Pea's the most normal person of the episode. He just um, wants to define the relationship. Yeah, Sweet Pea. We should probably give it to Sweet Pea. I was going to say we could give it to Betty because she wasn't there, <laughs> she, and it would be very there. normal to avoid all of that drama. But I, I do like I do like the point that it's probably Sweet Pea. I think that he was the only one who was kind of like, hey, you're doing this thing, and you're kind of leading me on, and I I don't enjoy this, so I'd like to you know nail down the relationship. So yeah, I guess we can give it to Sweet Pea. I'll try really hard not to write Sweat Pea like I keep doing that. <laughs> Stop. Sweat pee. Um, who, who are we shipping with sweet pee to make it into sweat pee? I don't know, but it's really bad. Edgar ever and ever probably. Stop. Also, I had a terrible moment when we had that scene with sweet pee of being like, wait a second. I thought that Josie was with Fangs earlier in the in the first episode. I just couldn't remember who Josie had been with. No, it was it was Josie and sweat pee. So. <laughs> Josie and sweat pee. OTP uh, over here. Yeah. Okay, everyone. That's all for this week's episode. Thank you for joining us and we'll be back next week for our recap of episode 13. Until then, you can follow me online at Frail Mary on every platform or you can follow me at KowskiCast, KowskiCast.com, KowskiCast on Twitter. We post all the episodes there. That's cow with a K. You can check out some of the other podcasts we do if you would like. Mostly that's just the Revenge Podcast or our recap of season one that is going on currently on KowskiCast that we do, uh, Kirsten and I do with my friend Hannah Elam. Kirsten, where can everyone find you online? People can find me on every platform at Kirsten Said What. And if you are watching Celebrity Big Brother, I'll be doing one of the last updates of the season. So uh, check it out. Why not? And if you liked this episode, please rate us five stars on iTunes. Give us a review. Tell us why you like us, why you don't like us, what our ship name is. You could say whatever you want in the comments. Just give us five stars. It will help other people find the podcast. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, and we'll read those on the episode. All right, everyone. Until next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> it's making Bughead look a lot better now, isn't it?